Well, equities are bouncing back. Have the markets forgotten about Fed tapering talk and inflation? Is one jobs report enough to make the market switch direction? And what about inflation? Is it still a concern? Well, in Canada, they're more worried about house price inflation. In Europe, inflation seems less of a concern. Plus, we'll look at yesterday's job numbers in Australia, plus the New Zealand budget. And today, it's PMI Day for many parts of the world. And Aussie retail sales this morning as well. It's Friday, the 21st of May, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities are back on the rise, 1.9% up for the Nasdaq, over 1.3% for the S&P 500, 0.8% for the Dow. Big rises in Europe too, 1% for the FTSE, 1.6% for the Eurostox 50, 1.7% for the DAX. Treasury yields have retreated from yesterday, back down to 1.63%. That's four basis points lower and lower than it was earlier in the week before the FOMC minutes gave uh, yields that jolt. And uh, the US dollar is heading back down again. It got down below 89.7 this session on the DXY, getting down to the low that we saw in January, which, of course, was the lowest since 2018. And the Aussie and the pound both up more than half a percent on that weaker dollar. Uh, Actually, the Aussie close to 0.6% up and the euro uh, 0.4% up. And oil back down again, another 2.3% down for Brent, which is around 65 a barrel, lower than that earlier, and actually back to mid-April levels. Uh, So let's have a look at that boost in equities, first of all, with Gavin Friend, Senior Market Strategist at NAB in London. So uh, what's doing this? Is this the weekly jobless numbers in the US that uh, came out lower than expected? Well, morning, Phil. Yes, Um, a decent rebound. That's the third turnaround Thursday uh, in a row for the S&P. Um, <laughs> Could it just be that no one's, no one's sure what's going to happen? <laughs> well, and so we're just having bets each way. Difficult to attach specific reasons for this um, outside of the broader you know, theme of the economic uh, recovery and reopening, the reflation trade. Data out of the US was mixed, you know, an ice further drop, as you say, in the US jobless claims numbers, but a disappointing regional Philly Fed business activity index for May. Yeah, so those, uh, those jobless numbers, 590,000 down to 473 now in just a, in just a couple of weeks. So, I mean, it is heading in the right direction, despite the, you know, the, the, the non-farm payrolls that we saw a week or two back. Yeah, I think that's right. The overall uh, steady decline that we're seeing in the claims continues. You know, we get a bit of volatility now and again, but it seems to be going in the right direction. A side issue here is, so far, there are over 20 states and counting where Republican governors have announced that they've scrapped the roughly $300 per week unemployment benefit payments, or federal payments, because they think that these are helping persuade folks to stay at home rather than going back into the uh, back yeah. into the labour force. But they've, hence, just, they've just announced that, though, so that wouldn't be influencing these numbers, would it? I mean, no, that no, would, no. Uh, yeah. mm. absolutely not. I mean, my point is, is that um, in prospect, that could help reduce weekly jobless claims going forward and in turn will signal a faster improvement in the labour market. So jobless claims will be a closely watched uh, barometer in the next few weeks for clues on the labour market and whether it's making the kind of progress that the Fed wants to see. I mean, one of the things um, the Fed is benchmarking and looking for is substantial further progress towards its two goals. That's the phrase relative to conditions back to December 2020. And so, you know, if you look at the amount of jobs created since December, it's just 1.6 million. 
further progress is clearly needed. So it is going to be interesting to see, isn't it? And we'll be able to see state by state, those states that aren't offering that $300 supplement, are they actually getting people back to work quicker? It's going to be and so much information we're going to get out of this. What about the Philly Fed then? Because, uh, I mean, you said that the, the gauge was down, but the inflation gauge... That surprised everyone, didn't it? Up to the highest level since the 1980s. Yeah, so the headline activity index, software 31.5 from 50. Uh, this, is for, this is for the month of May. Uh, the index of employers fell to 19.3 from 30.8. Shipments eased. Unfilled orders ramped to 40.4 from 27.2. So, again, clear evidence of supply-side issues uh, and, and labour in particular. As you say, the price... Uh, gauge rose to a new all-time high of 76.1 from 69.1. So, you know, it's it's a familiar story here, um, but the drop-off in the headline activity index and new orders can't be blamed on supply-side issues and, and I think needs to be watched in other upcoming regional surveys. And again, it, it doesn't point to substantial further progress towards the Fed's goals. And I think, you know, the fact that Wednesday's Fed minutes were you know, of a meeting before we got the April non-farm payroll disappointments and similarly the, uh, the softer retail sales is one factor that uh, markets are reacting to, um, you know, in, in the sense that they've faded that, uh, that post-minute reaction uh, somewhat over Thursday. That Philly Fed business survey, by the way, was enough to push the the uh, City Economic Surprise Index, which uh, looks at the data that actually comes out and manages it, it analyzes it against expectations. If it's if it's positive, then uh, things are better than analysts expected. If it goes into the negative, then they're worse. It doesn't mean they're bad. It's just that they're worse than uh, than analysts Relative expected. Relative to expectations, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that went well, into that's that not, went that, well, that's that, not that, that, that went into negative case in Europe, though. No, but in, in the US, it went into negative today for the first time since uh, since the pandemic began mm. just about yeah that's so right a slower that's recovery perhaps than we're, we've been talking about yeah potentially um and i think you know for the fed i mean uh, you've got um if we think back to um you know that, uh, that that phrase yesterday that everybody was fixated on which was you know um a, a number of participants suggested that if the economic if the economy continued to make rapid progress towards the committee's goals it might be appropriate to begin discussing uh, a plan for adjusting the pace of asset purchases in up and coming up and coming meetings. Do, do you think people have looked at that now and said, "Ah, actually, rereading that now, that actually sounds like it could be quite a way off yet." Well, it's it's, it's to, your, to your question. I mean, the, first, there's the issue of conditionality, I mean, the need for further rapid progress, and secondly, in our view, uh, that that looks to be the words of non-voters. It doesn't make much sense for Powell, you know. Um, Clarida, Brainard and Co. to keep stating it will likely take some time to get to the point of substantial further progress and then via the minutes surprise markets that you've actually started thinking about that already, especially when the Fed has been very clear that it will give markets plenty of warning on this. I mean, we doubt a warning would come in the minutes, but of course other people will have a, a different view. Yeah, well, Robert Kaplan is uh, obviously, you know, repeatedly out of kilter with the rest of the Fed saying uh, again today the expected rates to rise sooner uh, next year, in fact, and arguing that the, the stimulus package that, uh, you know, those payments are stopping more people getting back to work. But as we said, we'll have evidence on that soon, won't we? And look, it's interesting in Canada, the Bank of Canada, of course, met uh, Tiff Macklin 
them there. Uh, the governor of the Bank of Canada said a couple of interesting things today. First, he's worried about inflation there as well, uh, but he's particularly worried about house prices and in particular people taking on bigger loans with more debt because the loan-to-value ratio is becoming a worry there. And, uh, you know, that could slow recovery. But look, you know, one central bank to another, the ECB, Philip Lane, their chief economist, uh, has got a much more relaxed attitude towards inflation. Yeah, that's right. So he was giving a speech today and he kind of told the Fed and markets to take a bit of a chill pill uh, on prices. He played down the uh, the supply bottleneck, saying that it's just supply and demand. And we know that when you have those kinds of spikes, supply tends to respond. And there is nearly zero connection between any spikes in prices on the road to reopening of the world economy and what goes into the inflation trend. It's all about the levels, the trend. He was echoed, actually, by uh, Italian PM, former ECB president Mario Draghi, who said, inflation is being driven by a scarcity of raw materials and certain fundamental components of the production process. Exactly. So the ECB, you know, will be taking a more relaxed, medium-term perspective. It doesn't expect... Uh, eurozone unemployment to hit pre-pandemic levels until 2023. Um, So the ECB certainly um, supports the Fed's stance of looking through the current inflation rise. You could argue that the the eurozone has more of a structural low inflation problem than the US. But, you know, we still think when we look through this and looking down the road that come the 10th of June meeting for the ECB, they will be giving you or giving the markets and um, investors more of an upbeat message and that will include in the second half of the year buying fewer bonds right more tapering being talked about uh, hopefully they'll get around to talking about it quicker than the fed does look uh, let's look at uh, on home turf the labor market data we got a bit wrong for australia yesterday well we did say the unemployment rate would fall uh, but the number of people employed also fell in April. That was unforeseen, but also not market moving. There wasn't a great deal of reaction to it. No, I think mitigating circumstances. Um, so the, the Australia posted a 30,000 loss of jobs versus consensus 20,000 gain. Something of a shock, I think. Um, our economists think that uh, residual seasonality is the culprit uh, and the early Easter. Mm. So there was no shift from employment to unemployment, but actually out of the labour force. And here, the participation rate fell back by, what, three-tenths. All the losses were in the part-time um, positions and here concentrated in female positions, which were down 44,000. The early Easter excuse is given more weight by the uh, by the fall in hours worked, uh, with the ABI noting, uh, sorry, with the ABS noting, a larger number than usual taking leave over Easter. So we put more emphasis on the positive part of the report, which was the two-tenths drop in the unemployment rate to 5.5%. That's a new low post-pandemic. Underemployment and youth employment, youth unemployment, uh, both fell notably as well. So I think in, in the bigger picture, this is encouraging given the end of the JobKeeper scheme back in March, and yet we're still seeing a gradual decline in the unemployment rate. Well, you've got to get yourself up to Queensland. That's the answer if you're young and uh, want a bit of sunshine because Anastasia is saying she's going to pay you to take up the jobs in the tourism sector that's normally filled by the uh, Pommy backpackers who aren't there this year. So there's clearly some jobs to be filled there. Uh, look, the New Zealand budget, it was a high spending one, wasn't it? No easing off on bond issuance. I think that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, the biggest lift in benefit payments in more than a generation, they say. So does that mean the RBNZ is going to keep up its bond buying programme or 
or are we going to find that more bonds are going to find their way staying on the open market? Yeah, I think that's right. I think uh, our colleagues at BNZ uh, think that uh, the fiscal stimulus is supporting the view that um, the standard view that they have that to the RBNZ will start raising the OCR rate from, from mid next year. Although, although, although policy announcements have come uh, have, have likely come too late to be formally incorporated into the central bank's uh, NPS forecasts, <clears throat> given the, given the next one is Wednesday yeah. next week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, maybe they'll start talking about when they're going to start talking about it, though. Okay, we've got Australian retail sales today as well. The preliminary numbers are out this morning, uh, so uh, this is April's number. Obviously, year on year is going to be a bit meaningless because uh, April last year the sales were down nine point one percent. But it'll be interesting to see whether we pick up month on month, which was one point three percent up in March. So where will it go today? We'll find out this morning. Also, later on today, uh, it's PMI day, Gavin. You're Eurozone PMIs, UK PMIs, uh, manufacturing, of course, has been doing okay. The big question is, how have services been doing? Yeah, actually, for Australia as well, it's uh, it's flash PMIs pretty oh, yeah. much around the world. So we'll get uh, you know the the, the, the the sort of preliminary reading. The full reading will come obviously at the beginning of next month. Um, I mean, you'd expect certainly for Europe and for the US and for the UK, as you know, these economies are starting to open up ever more, that uh, activity levels will climb. That said, the manufacturing level is in Europe already, you know, pretty much off the scale. So I doubt we'll get a, a significant uplift there. But the service sector, I think, will be very encouraging if we can get some uh, some signs of increased no. activity. And that. the news this morning is ceasefire in Gaza. I'm not, uh, I mean, that escalating violence hasn't influenced markets too much, but it is good news anyway, isn't it, to hear about that? Uh, we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Gavin. Right. Catch you again very soon. Thank you, Bill. Cheers. I tell you, it's been quite a week, hasn't it? Uh, we'll see what next week brings. We'll be doing it all again from Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. Have a great weekend. 